God, may we hear your voice inviting us to your kingdom as ambassadors, as exiles, as voices of hope in this city and around the world. Amen. The tendency in a moment like this, when you watch something like that, is to, at least for me, as fast as we can, get to the good news. We want to get past the pain because what you saw was real and everything that you saw happened this year and is currently happening and yet there's something inside of us that wants to move past the pain towards what is hopeful, towards the impact, towards some kind of good news. It's a human response to want to get away from what hurts. And yet, if we let a moment like this, if we don't move too fastly out of what we're feeling, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity in a moment like this with what we just saw to let it move us, to let it inform us, to let it change us, to let it actually whisper to us and remind us, you're actually called to be in these situations. I believe that for this room specifically. While it's human to want to get away from pain, this room specifically right here is called to something different. We are a Christian university, but there are more than 6,000 universities in the United States that are training the very types of things that you're being trained for, education, social work, business, music, the arts, the sciences, even pastoring. And yet there are only three universities in the entire country that are like us in this space, in this city that we all know is not easy. We are not on a campus with rolling grass hills and beautiful iron fences. We are strategically situated in the midst of space where there is unrest where there aren't easy answers, where we can't retreat back to what is comfortable, to what is cozy. We don't get to retreat back to little sound bites on social media or one or another political ideology, but we are right here in this moment. And if we don't move too fast, if we don't hurry to Friday and hurry to the end of the semester and hurry to graduating and getting on to our cozy job in our idyllic community. But we take this moment, we say, what do we do with this space right here? You see, I think the hallmark of a North Central student is that when everybody is retreating to comfortable and cozy, to what they know, to their echo chambers, that a student of North Central, now and in the future, will head towards pain. They won't retreat. They will understand that it is our missional call, regardless of your vocation, to be ambassadors of a kingdom that steps into pain, that sits with pain, and that understands that the God of the universe will give us prophetic imagination to point people to the kingdom. I believe that that's what this space is about right here, in this moment, in this chapel, in this university, in this city. Last week, President Hagen was bragging on you, as he always does at Partners for Progress, 
He dotes on you. He gushes on you. At times you're like, come on, they can't be that great, but I know y'all are. And he often, it's not a surprise to you, parallels you with these Hebrew college students in the book of Daniel. And these Hebrew college students in the book of Daniel were exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon. One's name was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these college students were exiled. They were forced to a different space, knowing that they're ambassadors of a different king and kingdom, Yahweh. And yet somehow in the space that they found themselves, not only did they thrive, but they were part of remarkable transformation for a country. And I can't help but think about that in this room at this moment. I can't help but think about what it means in this moment for us to be reminded that we are ambassadors of a different kingdom, that whatever state or country you're from is not your primary citizenship. But our primary citizenship is a kingdom that has answers. And they don't always come as fast as we want and as clear as we want. And we don't always get to fit them into a tweet or a TikTok or an Instagram or even in how we vote or what kind of church that we go to. But the answers are there. And Daniel and his fellow college students show us a way towards this kind of redemptive participation in the place that we find ourselves. You see... Make no mistake, they didn't necessarily love or even feel called to Babylon. When I was a student here far too many years ago, I thought being a part of this city or wanting to minister or be a part of any kind of change meant you felt called to a city. And for me, that meant, you know, I had to somehow maybe be called to urban ministry, which was a major. Man, that's not at all what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is about how do we steward where we are in this moment and don't push too fast towards what's more comfortable or more cozy. But in this moment, understand that if we are redemptive participants as students, that God will equip us wherever we go next to be the kind of people that aren't afraid, that aren't always looking for cozy and cushion. I don't, man, some of you, you're going to get great jobs. You're going to get jobs and you're going to get paid a lot of money. I'm going to come after you and ask you to donate to venture.org. Um, so that's good. Go make your money. But the point is that's not the primary goal when you're an ambassador of a different kingdom. There's this verse, um, first, first Chronicles 12.32, talking about these people of Issachar. And it said that the people of Issachar were wise and they understood the times. There was something about it as redemptive participants. They're in between the death of Saul and King David and there's this unrest. And the people of Issachar were wise and they understood the time. And as I was reading over that this week, I was thinking about you students. What does it mean for you to be wise in understanding the time? And it doesn't just mean that you're up to date on the news. Because in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 8, it says, don't be so foolish to think that just because you're up to date on what's going on, that that makes you wise. Being, everybody's up to date. Everybody can turn on their phone. The difference, the redemptive participation is about understanding that we have to understand it in light of what God is trying to show us. In light of the kingdom, in light of this prophetic imagination that we can speak into chaos and have the perseverance to stay in it long enough to see his kingdom come and his will to be done. What is happening in our world right now is unique. I know we maybe are all 
sick of hearing unprecedented, right? But in our lifetime, we are in a global pandemic. Whatever that means to you, it's happening. And what that means, there's a line in that video that says that the marginalized are exponentially more vulnerable. That line haunts me and inspires me. The, the vulnerable are always, the marginalized are always vulnerable, okay? That's why Jesus talks so much about them. Throughout time and space, the marginalized are vulnerable, but right now they're exponentially more vulnerable with estimates of people who are already starving and malnourished that deaths would be over 300 times what they used to be. And we have an opportunity to think about that. The Bible invites us to consider the marginalized in more than 2,000 verses. That's more than what it talks about money and sex. And we love talking about both of those, right? So I'm not telling you how you need to proceed or what you need to do. I'm just saying, if we as people are trying to be wise and redemptive participants in this moment, we should understand the marginalizing. Proverbs 31 invites us to give voice to the voiceless, to take care of the poor and the oppressed. It's an invitation, but it might also be a responsibility as an ambassador of this kingdom. I think about... Um, not only being marginalized, but also we're incredibly polarized. If we're trying to kind of assess the times right now, we're incredibly polarized. I'm not going to get into a whole bunch, but here's what I will say. Jesus, in his final prayer over the disciples, his magnum opus, if you will, the last thing that he's parting in John 17, simply prayed for this unity. As we understand the times, are you giving voice to the voiceless and are your words unifying? We don't have to be a monolith. We don't all have to think, act, and talk the same, but do your words bring unity right now? Not in preparation for later, but right now. Not only did these Hebrew college students understand the times, but they also were stewarding place, like right there in the city they were in. It says that Daniel would pray all the time. And in a couple of the chapters, 6 and 7, he was meditating on the words of the prophet Jeremiah. And if we go over to Jeremiah in 29, Jeremiah is specifically addressing the exiles in Babylon. And most of us love Jeremiah 29, 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. You're going to kill it. That's the New North translation. Um, <laughs> We love that part, but a few verses earlier, it says, here's what you're supposed to do when you are exiles and ambassadors in a different place. Settle in, buy a house, get married, have kids. That means it's an invitation for sex in the right time and place. Um, have kids, then help those kids find husbands and wives, and then plant gardens and eat the food. And then it says, be about the peace and prosperity of the city. Your place in this moment in time is not just to go from classroom to, to your bed, to your cafeteria for four years, and then you're out. You are in this city. Have you considered what it means to be about the peace and prosperity of this place? Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the interconnected thriving of all people. Our responsibility as ambassadors is to pursue that, and it's not easy. 
We're not always good at it, but we have a front row seat right now as we watch pastors and educators and civic leaders and business people trying to figure out, under the banner of of Christ, trying to figure out a way forward in this city. What is your role? What do you get to do as you're talking and watching and engaging? Last year, after the murder of George Floyd, as my wife and I were figuring out what our role is in our city, we live over north, just less than three miles from here, we put up a pole. It's a peace pole. It's just this white pole right in our front yard, cemented it in, it's not going anywhere, and it just says, may peace be in our home and communities. And it says it in English, and it says it in Lakota Sioux, and it says it in Somali, and it says it in Spanish. As a reminder that Not everybody in my community is just like me. They have different lived experiences. They are impacted by things in different ways, and yet with all of them, my responsibility is the peace and prosperity of my city, your city, where you are right now, whether you chose it or you were exiled here. This is our space. As a family, one of the things that we as there are more than 2,000 verses specifically around the quartet of the vulnerable, the widow, the orphan, the refugee, and the poor. As a family, we talk about what does it mean for us to be about what I think is the most vulnerable group of people, and that's our orphans. Too many children are being taken from homes for good reasons and other reasons, but they're vulnerable, and what is our role? So we decided seven years ago to start a process of being a part of foster care with this idea that we would create safe space for them while families were stabilizing and and be able to send them back. Through this process, over the last seven years, we just adopted our third of the three that we've adopted. That's Moses in July. This is our family of seven. This is our role for peace and prosperity in the city. This is what it looks like for his kingdom to come in our family's life. It is not easy This week, I both have been wiping somebody's butt and picking up my daughter from school here. So I've got a college student and a diaper guy. It's not an easy journey, but what if that's the point? What if it's okay for us to not run to comfortable and cozy? What if we are called to something different, not just as Christ followers, but I am very specifically asking you to consider as a student of North Central, In this chapel, in this university, in this city, maybe you are being equipped for something else. I was just having coffee with with a buddy of mine, just graduated here maybe one or two years ago. Him and his wife just moved into the Cedar Riverside block. That's the beautiful multicolored stacks just east of here with the intent of building relationships with their Somali brothers and sisters. Peace and prosperity in the city. Not moving out, and there's nothing wrong with moving out, but also some of us have to move in and stay here for the long haul. What does it look like for you? Do you know about Mary's Place or people serving people? Do you know about ICCM? Do you know about substance and love this city? Have you considered what it looks like for you to invest in this space? Because this is where you're called. You don't actually have to love this city. You don't even have to love this university, although over time, you'll understand that this is one of the best spaces on the planet. But what we do have to do is steward where we are at. And when we do, 
when we steward the times, when we steward our place, when we understand that we are called to redemptive participation in the kingdom where we are at, then we have an opportunity to take our shot. It was right up there, right up there that three students during a chapel like this heard about a need. It was painful, and they decided they were going to respond to that need. They didn't just feel deeply and head to the cafeteria. No judgment on those of you who head to the cafeteria after this. But they sat in it for a little bit because God's Spirit was doing something, inviting them into it a little bit longer. They decided they're going to bike across the country, raise money for this particular program. That turned into the organization that I represent now called Venture. The stories in the video that you saw are all stories that we address every single day. Since those three students up there responded, we've raised more than $40 million for justice and missions projects around the world. Every single day, Every single day, we feed more than 15,800 refugees. Last year, we provided safety and rescue for 728 girls. We not only invest in the immediate, but long-term, we invested in 800 farmers. And last year alone, we planted 181 brand new churches. And the point of it is not yay venture. It's this place is important. This moment is important. You are called to be redemptive participants. You are not called to go back to your cozy, comfortable echo chamber, but to take this space in this moment. It really is an invitation. It's not a judgment. It's not even a challenge. It's a reminder that the kingdom is big and beautiful, and maybe we're called to something a little bit different. As uh, JT comes up, we'll go back to Daniel. And one of the things that Daniel did, not only did he steward time and space, but he also stewarded his soul. This space is open. You've heard it hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. The altars are open. The space is open every single day and every Friday especially. Daniel literally was part of changing an entire nation. And it started with stewarding this space. I'm going to be honest. I maybe called you up one minute too soon, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm going to be honest. I'm not great at carving out time for this. As a student, it was hard. I always felt like I had to wait for the Holy Spirit to urge me, urge me to come up on my knees, urge me to not go to lunch right away, urge me to not hang out with my friends, urge me. We don't need to be urged. In this space, we are ambassadors of the kingdom. This is what we need to be doing. We need to steward our souls because as redemptive participants, it's going to be important that we don't just know about what's going on, but we understand God's heart for what's going on. And so I'm just going to close in prayer. I'm going to hand it off to my boy here. But if any of you are questioning why you're here, you are here because you are an ambassador. You are an exile to be taught what it means to be a redemptive participant for here and around the world.
The three students that were right up there, one of them's a full-time missionary, never felt called to be a missionary, just kept responding to what it means to be a redemptive participant. I think about those two students that we just took an offering for in India, the need. But more than that, I think about you in this space. In Numbers, the priestly blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he lift your countenance and give you peace. And may we remember that peace is the interconnected thriving of all people in this city for his glory. Amen.